Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thursday on Fantasy Sports Today, which means it's back to fantasy football in the NFL. Lots of teams off this week, so big decisions have to be made. We'll walk you through it. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Day on this November the 7th, 2019. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizapia17. You can follow Sean Guastamacchia as well at the betting window this afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern over on SportsGrid. This weekend, our team will be locked and loaded, ready at the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, ready for those shows on Saturday and Sunday. You can see them over at Zumo TV, but we've got you here for the next couple hours trying to wade through some big decisions. And Joe, we finally reached that moment where it's a little bit of a mash unit for teams, especially at the running back position this week, even at the tight end position, because uh, we got a lot of teams that are off on the bye week, a very rare week in the NFL. It's actually the way that they used to do it in the NFL, where a half a dozen teams would be off each week, but they really staggered these game these teams out over the course of the season. And now this week, there's some really big decisions that have to be made. Uh, a lot of these projected uh, totals in terms of points are in the low hundreds, and that's on the high end for a lot of teams this week. So really one player or two could come down to winners this week in fantasy football. Yeah, and last week the teams on a bye, Craig, were very wide receiver heavy in terms of fantasy implications. This week it's much more running back heavy. You're missing out on the two Eagles running backs. You're missing out on the Patriots running backs, Fournette, obviously the two guys on the Texans, and Philip Lindsay and Freeman on the Broncos. So that's a lot of running backs right there. I mean, I could just basically rattle off eight pretty easily between the six teams that are fantasy relevant and depending on the depth in which you're playing, that's even more. So uh, it's definitely a tricky week from a running back perspective. And some teams didn't help us this week. That's for damn sure, including the Dolphins. So it is getting trickier and trickier in week 10 from the running back position. Look at flex. You're going to be running out wide receivers, possibly even in standard leagues. Yeah. And the jet situation is a little bit muddled. The the Steelers situation is is certainly a little bit muddled. And we're also waiting on the quarterback situation with the Kansas City Chiefs. At least the line would indicate, Joe, the point spread, which is usually a good indicator for me that Patrick Mahomes is going to play this week at Tennessee as Kansas City is three and a half point favorites. Now, obviously, if Mahomes is declared starting in this game, I would expect this to jump maybe a point or two. But at least the early indications of this one seem like he's going to play. But on Wednesday, he didn't take all the first team snaps. And this is another tough decision that fantasy owners are going to have to make. I guess you just kind of have to have a backup going into Sunday just in case. Well, uh, from all the from all the reports anyway, it says it seems like it's going in that right direction. He was a full participant in Wednesday practice. Now I can understand maybe wanting to keep Matt more just a little bit, you know, under center a little bit with the ones just in case is a little insurance policy. OK, I get that. Uh, if there's any setback or anything like that late in the week, you don't want to have a situation happen like the way the Jets were completely underprepared with Luke Falk for that game against the Eagles early in the year where he didn't take any snaps at all. And he tried to get Darnold out there, Darnold out there. And then Darnold was a no go. And Luke Falk got eaten alive by the Eagles. So Andy Reid's a smarter football coach than that. 
but also to the point, why would you push Mahomes even just in the rep standpoint? Does Patrick Mahomes really need the reps? No, he just needs to prove that he can go out there and do it. So why push too much in practice when all that matters is Sunday? So I'm, I'm thinking right now it's pretty much a lock for him to play. I would be getting him ready in all my lineups and throwing him back out there immediately because if he's good enough to be on the field, Patrick Mahomes is good enough to be starting in fantasy. Yeah, great matchup, too, against Tennessee, you would think, this week. But, look, the, the Titans are one of those strange teams in the NFL that are really hard to predict. Uh, the Steelers running back situation, Joe, is a complete mess right now. Connor is doubtful, so in all likelihood, he's not going to play. All of a sudden, Trey Edmonds, nice young kid who had a good game last week, was being picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues in the early part of the waiver wire, and he didn't practice yesterday. And so they're basically, at this point, with Benny Snell out, Looking at Jalen Samuels, and we've illustrated here on the show that he's really just not a good runner. He's more of a pass catcher. So that certainly would open up some goal line carries or maybe for somebody else. But the question would be who at this point if Edmonds doesn't play because it's not a terrible matchup. And I would also say this on top of that is Willie Parker available in fantasy. <laughs> I think we're down to that at this point. Oh, my God. Where's Jerome Bettis? Maybe we can get him. We can get Willie Parker. We can get a couple other guys there, too. Um Look, Mike Tomlin said he's, quote, optimistic that Connor would suit up for week 10, but how much he's going to play or how limited he's going to be is a real concern, especially in this heavy, heavy running back bye week. So I think right now Jalen Samuels is your best bet in terms of fantasy points to come out of that backfield. Now, some people might not love that, but I think right now it's a fact we have to kind of wrap our minds around and understand that's probably what's going to happen. And from a DFS perspective, too, that means Samuel is probably going to be that guy who's going to see you know a fair amount of targets out of the backfield as well. And I think that you feel best about him uh, it's unfortunate that Edmonds, you know, was not practicing yesterday. We'll see as the weekend goes on here. And on Friday, obviously, very important, too, to see what's going on. But so far, this is looking like a tough scenario here. And I, I keep saying that I feel like this is a winnable game for the Steelers because the Rams have been, if anything, uninspiring this year. I know they're coming off the bye. I know the defense has played a little bit better. I understand Jalen Ramsey's a big addition. But let's not pretend like the Rams are world beaters this year because they're not. And defensively, Pittsburgh's done enough in the last couple of weeks that I've been impressed with. And I do think that they are a team that can potentially at home scratch and claw their way to a victory on the defensive side of the football just by that. Now you're going to have to have some kind of productivity from the running game with Mason Rudolph playing quarterback, but at the same time, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher for Pittsburgh to come up with a W in this game. If they can't get enough healthy guys in the field. Yeah. The Steelers are, are probably the kind of team that can play close with anyone but if you if you basically go back and look, they really shouldn't have beaten the Colts. They had a pick six for 90 yards and a missed field goal at the end of the game. But that being said, the Rams, you're right, have have not looked good against anybody except for teams that are one and seven or or oh and eight or one and nine or whatever. So I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, the tight end wasteland continues in fantasy football in 2019. And look, there there's a big difference between the top guys and the bottom guys. But I think that the lesson that we may have learned this week is that is that difference enough to draft a tight end higher in fantasy if they're just not giving you a lot of points? Now, certainly the top guys are producing 10, 12 points a week, and some are producing zero. And so next year, we'll have to decide whether or not that's worth it to invest in a higher tight end to get that point differential, Joe, of plus 10 or plus 12, because that that exists. But the idea that anybody is worth a first round pick and delivering fantasy points like a first round pick is impossible. And now we're losing Evan Engram again. For the second time this year, I've had to uh, take him out of my lineup and throw in another tight end. And and I would say that the future for the rest of his season's got to be in doubt. The Giants aren't playing for anything. Ingram may not play. It may be a, another tight end fantasy bust this year. Yeah, and the midfoot thing is basically Liz Frank. If you know you want to read in between the lines here or anything, but it's certainly not a great scenario here uh, for Evan Ingram owners. And to answer your question, I think what happened was coming into this year, everybody saw there were three guys who could identify as really good fantasy tight ends. And then a bunch of, at very least, unknowns. 
They were unknown quantities, even Evan Ingram to a certain extent. Okay, what's going to happen when they make a change of quarterback? Is Ingram going to be still good? Uh, is OJ Howard ready to make that bump? Who is Mark Andrews? Uh, there was a lot of questions about who and what. And I think after this year now, you're going to see that group of tight ends that were drafted in the second round get and third round respectively, early third. I think it bumped to the third and fourth, if not maybe a little bit later too, because I think that pack is kind of clumped together. And the emergence of guys like Andrews and Waller and some of those guys has kind of made it a little bit more compacted, not to mention the fact that some of those guys at the top have not performed like the guys at the top we expected. A lot of people were looking for Kittle to be a breakout fantasy stud. He hasn't been that. He he was he had a great year last year, but unfortunately, uh, this year has not quite been the same, and there's been more weapons, frankly, around him. So he's not the only guy, and that makes it a little bit harder for him to stand out from the pack. Yeah, the difference between Ertz and the ninth best tight end is very significant, but we're talking about a significance where that the ninth tight end is getting four points and Ertz is getting 12, and that's the difference there. It's not like a 20 to 10. Uh, so look, that'll be something that we'll have to weigh in for 2020 for sure, but absolutely, Waller. Uh, who's slowed down a little bit, but Waller and Andrews, without question. Those have been the two guys that were... Oh, and let's not forget Austin Hooper, too. Austin Hooper, a lot of people Hooper's didn't been believe in the repeat. That's true. He's been yeah. brilliant. So but I think Hooper was drafted as in a lot of leagues. I mean, Waller... Hooper was drafted in every league, but Hooper yeah. was drafted in the middle of that pack. Oh, yeah. A lot oh, of people he, didn't yeah, buy Toward him. the end. Toward the end, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic, and I would expect him to continue, for sure. All right, uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We're off and running. The opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today is next. Joe and Craig, don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back. This is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Thursday night football is here. Joe and I will have a very detailed breakdown as to what could be a promising Thursday night game with a lot of points expected to be. We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing if the Raiders can compete. I have a little league game, so when I get home, I'll watch the rest. But uh, let's start off with Mitch Trubisky. Two act, two stories from Mitch Trubisky actually to lead off our show today. The first story is that Trubisky uh, has requested all the TVs, Joe, being shut off to keep the outside noise off in Hallis Hall so people don't see them ripping the team, a.k.a. ripping him, basically, is what it comes down to. The second story is really a good promotion from uh, PointsBet, which is one of the uh, sponsors here of our show of Fantasy Sports Today, which is they are so upset, apparently, and kind of making fun, that they have refunded all of the MVP votes for Mitch Trubisky. If you voted for him at the beginning, <laughs> if, if you bet on him, you bet $5 to win 1000 at the beginning of the season. Let's be honest, it was probably that. It was probably like 51 or something like that. If you bet on Trubisky, you got your money back. Good promotion. Nice job, I thought, by points bet. So who would have thought we'd lead off the opening drive with Mitch Trubisky? But here we are. 
how much was that in total? Is that like $75 worth of bets? Right. That's the point. That's probably more right. of the point. Well, from a PR standpoint, it's funny. And even if it was a couple thousand dollars, it's funny. But I mean, it's it's worth that from a promotion standpoint because, look, we're talking about it. And everybody else is probably talking about it, too. And it's very amusing. I like that. I think it's fun. And uh, maybe Mitch Trubisky should, uh, instead of turning off all these TVs, maybe he should turn on the TVs and go into the film room and check out some more of his work and see what's happening and what's not happening. And, and I get it. Like, look, look, he's frustrated, no doubt. Uh, you know, we, we like to crack some jokes and things like that, but this is this guy's livelihood. And it's unfortunate because there were expectations and whenever there's expectations and there's bad performance, we get let down. And now Mitch Trubisky's let down. He feels like he's let the team down, the organization down. And I'm glad he's taking it seriously because it's been pretty awful. So now it's about getting to work and figuring it out. And now it's a test of your mental toughness. And I guess I have a question for you, Craig, which is, sure. does the Mitch Trubisky experiment here, does this give pause and hesitation to other teams drafting quarterbacks that don't have a huge sample size in college? I don't know. I mean, well, no, Trubisky had a huge sample size. It's just that he didn't play. It was play. a huge one? I thought he was shorter. I know Allen wasn't the I biggest mean, a one. a year and a half, two years as a starter at North Carolina. Daniel Jones at Duke, same thing. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think so, Joe. That's the answer. No, I, I think that quarterbacks, even still from smaller schools that are unheralded, what happens is, Joe, you know this, they go to the combine and it's like, wow, look at his reach and look at his fans and look at his height. You know, that 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 puts them back on the map. So, no, I don't think that that's going to change anything. I thought you were going to ask me, is Chase Daniel a possibility? Is this is this? I do. I think that this is it. I think if they don't beat the Lions, I think they're going to bench Trubisky. I think that no, I can uh, understand that. I mean, it's yeah. a huge individual game here for them. They lose no, this, this is one. It. This is it. Yeah. Uh, basically, I would I would say that both teams are not going to make the playoffs right now. But the Agreed. team that loses is definitely out. Like the team that loses is like hopeless, right? For the rest of the season. Uh, I agree. And I think the Bears are, like I said, the, my biggest surprise disappointment of the year. Most I thought the Bears would be a very good team. I thought the defense would carry him. I was, you know, I, I always do the quarterback write-ups and the profiles for the Black Book. And when I was going through it, Trubisky, you go through the game log, you're like, well, there's a good game and there's a good game. And you have a good game against the Pats and a good game against this team. And he had good games against some good teams. And then other teams where he should have been great, he wasn't. And then you could see the inconsistency in the game log, and that was so troubling to me. And then I kind of gave him a pass because he was dealing with some injuries, and he played through them in the second half last year. So the thought process for me was, okay, give a kid a break. He's still learning. Let's get more consistent. Let's get healthy, and it should be a good 2019. Right. And it just hasn't been at all. Yeah. All right, second down. Uh, okay, so full transparency with my leagues this year. I'm in three leagues. My dynasty league, I'm done. I'm just getting draft picks. Uh, one of the other leagues that I share, one of the baseball leagues, we're doing well. We're five and four. We got a good matchup this week, too. Good team, strong running backs. I feel good. Got a chance for a championship. And then in my home league that I'm playing in, it's uh, a pretty expensive league for me, you know, 250, 300 bucks. Uh, four and five, I'm in a desperate situation because my points aren't high. The six seed gets the high point total. And, uh, and I have Le'Veon Bell. So let's be honest, that's where I'm at this season, okay? So I'm a Le'Veon Bell owner, Joe. And on second down, I would say this. What a mess, right? Like, this is a perfect matchup again for Bell against the Giants, just like the Dolphins, because even in a PPR format, I love the fact that that Darnold was just throwing this dude the ball over and over and over again. I'm like, oh, I'm getting 50. And I did. He got a lot of points. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm in a running back wasteland, Joe. I've picked up uh, Bilal Powell. I've picked up Ty Montgomery. I picked up Brian Hill. I'm just, I'm just picking up any running back with a pulse because if Bell doesn't play, I'm dead. Well, I would say this. I would be very surprised if Bell did not play in this game. I know this doesn't seem like a big deal to the outside world, but it's a very big deal in, in this part of the country where I am in New Jersey. 
So Jets Giants is actually a big deal. Doesn't happen all the time. Happens in the preseason, but nobody cares about it. But what happens in the regular season, people do care. And I'm telling you right now, these are two teams that I feel like are, even though they both have bad records, they're going in opposite directions. I feel like the Giants are a team that's kind of starting to show you a little life and starting to show you they have a future, whereas the Jets are starting to unravel. Um, it says, again, reports out here, it seems like he's really sore, but he's going to play. He's dealing with the ankle and the knee at the same time. I don't know. So that's not good, but I think he'll get out there and play. I really do. I don't know. I'm not I don't sure. think you have a choice. I don't think these other guys are, are useful enough to even worry about. I think you have to hope that he's going to get out there. And if not, what do, what, what do you mean? This is fantasy. I have to have a running back playing. I don't have anyone. Uh, Tough week for that. <laughs> You're missing Thank a lot you. of Thank you for your advice there. Well, it's a it's, tough uh, week. Hi, Joe. My, my name is Steve in New Jersey. I need to pick uh, from Steve these running backs. Joe's well, answer, it's a tough week for that. Well, look, do you believe in your boy Hill? That's who I picked up. I have him in my starting bleeping lineup right now. That's how well, I mean, I you're just out of options, man. I, I mean, no Damian options. Williams isn't on your waiver wire. I'm oh, sure. Oh no, come on. Right, exactly. It's so so the guy, the backup, uh, the backup to Gaskin <laughs> on Miami. Okay, is there. so the backup to Gaskin's out there. McKissick. No, is not an option. No, I just said no. not an option. I said I literally no just said one. not an option. Right. So no one's an option. So like I said, you're stuck. I'm sorry. I'm I know not. you don't want to hear that. It's not my advice. It's just I me understand. trying to bring you down to reality. Oof. I know you want me to help you, but well, I, you, you that was weeks you know, ago. Give me yeah. a name out of ten. Uh, well, the end of, you have two hours before the end of the show to give me one. Well, the name you picked up. Hill. Hill is the only one. I mean, well, you hope. Well, you see what happens there. People I mean, are listening could... laughing. Well, I'm, that's going to be my, my hill to die on this year with this guy. Hill. Oh, boy. You make fun of me. The bad dad jokes. Could be. <laughs> uh, speaking of dads, Richard Gere at 70 years old. Third nice down, segue. Joe, is going to be having a baby. His second kid with his uh, second wife here. Maybe it's a second wife. Could be his third. Who knows? She's 36. He's 70, Joe. You think he could be procreating at 70? Sure, of course I could. Why not? I'm a virile man. No, I, I don't know. I mean, it's 70. It's kind of like, I mean, Alec Baldwin's pretty old and he's having a bunch of kids. He's got like five kids with that woman now that who's, oh, he does. I guess I didn't know that she's okay. in like her 30s. Oh, yeah. I think they just had their, I want to say fourth. I think I thought it was the second with this one. No, oh, no, he's out. No, they have a bunch. I'm almost positive. I'll check during the break. But um, yeah, 36 year old wife, you know, you got to give it to him with a 36 year old wife, I guess, too. Um, so, I mean, he's Richard, Richard Gere. Gere. This, this is Richard what happens, I guess, Gere. when you're a movie star. Yeah, yeah I mean, whatever you want. I don't know. I'm 40. I, I could tolerate the concept of having a small child again because I really love being a dad. But I don't know about being 50 and 60 and wanting to. Uh, but I guess when you're that rich and, and famous, it doesn't matter. I mean, you no, have somebody who gets up in the middle of the night, takes care of the kids. Right. So it's different. That's the point. Yeah. Joel also had a kid, uh, very, uh, a couple of kids at 68, 70. Did he really? Right. Oh, I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah, Billy Joel with his new wife. All right. Uh, okay. Finally, uh, MLB uh, is Tony Clark, MLBPA president. Tony Clark opening up an investigation after the uh, general manager and vice president, president, I believe, of the Atlanta Braves, vice president, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, uh, my buddy, uh, comes out and says that, oh, you know, they've been checking in on other teams to see what their plans are. Like, what is this about, Joe? Like, isn't that your job to check on other teams? What is Tony Clark doing here? I don't understand. Like. I mean, in baseball, don't you call other GMs and say, "Hey, you know what? You know what, what's your plan?" Kind of for the how is that collusion? I don't care. I, I I don't know. This I'm con- I was hoping you could clarify this. I don't me. know the answer to this one. <laughs> I like, saw that's... this in the sheets, and I go, "All right, well, maybe Craig has something he can explain to me because I'm I'm kind of confused by this." Yeah, this is the job of a general manager to check in with, uh, and and again, these guys are friends. These guys are. It's like me and you texting. It's the equivalent of Alex Anthopoulos texting Brian Cashman. Hey, Cash, like uh, what, you know, do you see any kind of plan for your free agency offseason? Any players specifically you may want to. That's what you do. That's your job. 
I don't know, man. Uh, Tony Clark, listen, Tony, you got a lot of other problems to go solve. Go solve those problems. I don't know. This this was a very weird one for me yesterday. And Alex Anthopoulos, one of my favorites, too. Very, very strange. uh, From what I've heard, he's a very good guy in the industry, too. It's not like some shady dude. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Trust or Bust. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. You're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open up your new account. Claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Also, you have to be in New Jersey to take advantage of this offer. Eligibility restrictions apply. Go to the website. Check out the details, which would include you have to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Craig and Joe back with you here. It is a Thursday. Raiders and Chiefs tonight. College football, college basketball certainly underway and uh, it's time to make some decisions in fantasy and perhaps some of these players you have to make a decision on and as i'm typing in names for trust or bust the problem that i'm having here is in this particular week of trust or bust it it should be i have no chance like that's that's kind of what the the theme is because i think virtually every player that has any kind of fantasy relevance you have to play unless you're in some unbelievable situation like you're seven and war, uh, yeah, is it nine games or eight and one on the season or nine and oh or seven and two, and you're sitting with these guys on the bench. Like I was scouring other teams because it's a trade deadline in a lot of my leagues, and I'm looking to see and like every team, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want anyone on this team. Like there's I don't even I can't even find a trade partner to come up with and uh and make a trade. Somebody in one of my leagues last night uh offered uh, uh Williams on the Chargers and Williams on the Raiders for Carson. And and I, you know, my partner in the league, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, we have like the strongest running backs in the league. We'd be trading a strength to do what, though, exactly? Like, I don't I don't know how we would be improving that. Well, you're not. Way. Never do that. Never trade your strength to get mediocre everywhere else. I always tell people that that's the biggest mistake people make. They're trying to fill their roster spots and try to, instead of trying to maintain roster strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about a fantasy league where you have Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson. Like you're feeling like you could win the championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, you, you, you could stream wide receiver. OK, you could figure that out. But you're right. It's it's certainly a different. Hey, I'm feeling the crunch, too. I'm starting Kareem Hunt in the league this week. Oh I got no God. choice. Yeah, no, it's down. I got to roll him out there. Here's there's a name. Is he out there for you? No, I assume not. No, not all the way. No. All right. So speaking of Mike Williams, do you trust him tonight against the Raiders? Fantasy football trust or bust Mike Williams against Oakland tonight? I trust, and here's why. Um, the guy has zero touchdowns on the year. Last year, he had 10. That's going Amazing, to self-correct right? itself. Amazing. It's going to correct itself eventually. This is one of these weird number kind of things. 
Also, up until last week, which is ironic because last week he had 111 yards. It's a season high for him, but it was also a season low in terms of targets and catches. So he had three targets, three catches for 111. The weeks before that, 6, 6, 10, 13, 7. So the guy's getting targets. The guy's getting opportunities. The secondary has issues for Oakland. And I trust Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. Plus, Keenan Allen's not 100%. So I think this recent commitment to running the football is actually a help because I think what that's going to do now is that's going to bring everybody up a little bit. Williams is going to see a lot more single coverage out there. So I actually think this is a pretty good spot for him. Good matchup. Good situation. I know it's a short week. I know there's always concern for that. But I just feel like Mike Williams has been the perfect storm of everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And I think he's due for a little bit of luck here. And the target volume has been very steady. And ironically, when it wasn't last week, he arguably has best week of the season. So there you have it. All right. Yeah, I think I think you make a good case. Here's my case. The total in this game is 50. So you would That's expect. That's also a good case. Boy, yeah. boy, you just made that case much faster than you me. would well expect. Done. You would expect. This should five, be a fun game. Five touchdowns at the middle. Look, a game could go under the total. Let's not make it, you know. And in fact, I like the under tonight. One of many AFC playoff game-esque kind of feels right now. I This AFC is very tight, and all these games really matter here down the stretch for the AFC. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this sure. is a fun one tonight. I don't think the Chargers have a chance, but the Raiders put themselves in this. I'm game. rooting for the Raiders. I can't yeah, believe no, I'm I would saying like that. them to win, too, but I don't know. I'm a little, I, ever, all the breakdowns I'm hearing, leaning Chargers. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. I think the Chargers are going to win, but I'm rooting for the Raiders. Okay. All right. Uh, Zach Pascal of the Colts against the Dolphins. The quarterback situation is a little bit iffy. He seems to be their number one guy. Uh, I, I still don't understand what happened to this Devin Funches. He was the first signing of the NFL free agency. They gave him like a lot of money, and I, I haven't heard his name all year it's long. He got hurt. <laughs> I mean, what happened to that guy? Anyway, uh, uh, Pascal, <laughs> do you trust him this week? I'll say the trust is like 10 points or more. Uh, Yeah. Well, look, I mean, he, he caught five of six last week for a touchdown. So for 76 yards. So it was a very good week last week. So, yeah, I definitely think you trust him. I, I know he's been up and down. So I get that. I understand this frustration whenever you have these kind of players that show up. And then one week, you know, they catch five or six for 76 and a touchdown. And the other week, they catch one ball for six yards. I get it. I, I understand the frustration of that. But I think when you're considering what's left, what's around, the matchup, everything there, Hoyer is a capable quarterback. He's not the greatest quarterback in the world. But, you know, we saw him lead the Texans a couple years ago to the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, like, Hoyer is all of a sudden the worst quarterback or backup quarterback in the league because he's far, far from it. There's a couple teams right now. Be killing to have Ryan Hoyer playing quarterback for them. Uh, I will say this. I think you trust him. I think you throw him out there. I think double-digit points, right? That's the threshold. I think that's very doable this week against the the Dolphins. I really do. All right. uh, I would agree. Tevin Coleman takes on the Seahawks on Monday night. Coleman had a monster game two weeks ago and then completely fell back this past week against Arizona. The question is, what does he do on Monday night? Trust or bust Tevin Coleman? This is an interesting one because the Tevin Coleman one, like you said, I was very taken with Brita on Thursday last week. I really was. I got to tell you, I'm like, it's like a love story now with me and Matt Brita. I'm very impressed. And I understand the frustration here with owners who saw him go, you know, from 11 carries 105 to 12 carries 23. It's a big, big gap. I have not been overly impressed with the Seattle Seahawks defense. I, I think you would agree with this fact. Yes, I, I don't like him at all. OK, so I'm going to chalk up what I saw last week of him being very busy the week before and a short week and just kind of chalk it up. So that's some extra time to rest, a little extra time to kind of refuel a little bit. I think that's fine. I think you go out there, you trust him, you trust the volume, you trust the workload. And I think that you are look, your identity right now on offense is running the football. I know Manuel Sanders had a great game and all, but I don't know if you want to put this game in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo quite yet. 
I think the best way to win this football game is to ground and pound and play defense. Keep Russell Wilson off the field and you do it with Tevin Coleman and Brita. That's what you do. So I'm going to say trust here, too. So far, three for three on the trusting. Wow. All right. No, that's 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 pretty solid. I'm, I'm going to go against Coleman on. Uh, that's fair. On Monday night. I don't know. Something tells me it's it's a Brita game. Uh, J.D. McKissick gets the start for the Lions or maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I, I, that's false. Maybe J.D. McKissick gets the start against the Bears. Start doesn't matter. Does he no. does he play? Does he yeah. does he matter what, more? That's what's all that the matters. snaps? Yeah. Ty Johnson's look bad. The Bears rushing defense is not among the top or even close nope in reality this year but it is jd mckissick do you trust <laughs> do you trust him this this week or is he a bust uh this is certainly a trickier one i think some of this has to do with the format you play in in a standard league this is a little trickier you know uh, last week he had 72 all-purpose yards that's pretty good it's really Oakland. good that yeah, touchdown. that's pretty darn good so right and he had the touchdown you got to you got to take that touchdown out of the equation here a little bit um, just when you're trying to make these these decisions and trying to make these evaluations to players because you can't count on the touchdown. I mean, that's the one touchdown he's had all year. So let's not bank on that like that's something we can bank on. So from an all-purpose standpoint, 70 yards in a standard league, okay. This particular week, I think you trust that because of how many running backs you don't have available to you. We went through the list. It, there's a lot of them. It's Sony Michelle. It's uh, James White. It's... Jordan Howard, it's Miles Sanders, it's all these guys. So right now there's there's a ton of guys. You're, you're missing Philip Lindsay, you're missing Fournette. I th- yeah, Fournette. So I think you trust him because you have oh no choice. God. You do. You trust him because you have no choice. And I'll tell you what, in the half or full point PPR too, when you're adding in those extra four points for the catches or three points, however many, you know, all of a sudden that seven becomes a 10. And then if he has the upside for a touchdown, you're looking at a 16, that's a pretty good day. I think you take that, you run with it. And really, like you're kind of alluding to, too, Who? there's nobody else. They're not going to throw the ball 70 times. They're going to run the football a little bit, and yeah, McKissick know. can catch I the know. football. So I yeah. think you have to take your shot here. It's a lowercase t, trust. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. It's so the- far, it's been capital T for Williams, Pascal, Tevin Coleman. It's a okay. lowercase t for McKissick. All right. How about Baker Mayfield against the Bills? No. <laughs> I don't know. How can you trust him right now? I mean, I just against well, the well, Bills. Let, well, let's let's walk through it, okay? okay. You, have, you have no Jacksonville quarterback, as if you would have started any of them either. You do not have uh, the man, Tom Brady, okay? Um, you do not have Denver's quarterback, whoever that is. Who else is off this week? Uh, Philly. Well, it comes down you do to are you, Car- starting- you do not have Carson Wentz, so that's four. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. No one is starting Cincinnati's uh, quarterback this week, right? Uh, well, I was just going to ask you: Would you rather play Ryan Finley? No. Or would you rather play? Come on, Baker Mayfield. No, no I would play Baker Mayfield. I mean, you, that you're really going down that far on him? Listen, man, it's not so much down far on him. If, if this was another team, I might feel differently. But the Buffalo Bills are really good secondary, and for a guy that's struggling mightily right now to make good reads out there, this is not the secondary you want to be facing. They hit hard, they intercept the football, they cover well. I mean. All the, these these dudes are legit. They're, this was no, one of my favorite defenses. They had two favorite defenses coming into the year, and they were both AFC East. It was the Pats and the Bills because fantasy value, I thought, was just on the board. They were basically free, and I don't like to pay for defense or pay for care or anything like that. And I'm just looking at the numbers, too. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't see how this Tannehill is Tannehill or Mayfield? Man. Tannehill. No hesitation for me. Zero. Especially if Mahomes plays. Trubisky or Mayfield? Well, I want to just explain myself. If Mahomes is playing, which we think is going to, that's also going to mean there's a good chance Tannehill is going to touch the football more because the Chiefs score quickly. So there's going to be more opportunities for everybody if Mahomes is playing. Kyle Allen or Mayfield? 
Kyle Allen or Mayfield? Ugh. Kyle Allen. Yeah, well, then you, you have to listen. There's nothing wrong with it. It's an opinion. But you have Mayfield basically your 23rd. You, you have Mayfield as the bottom 5% this week. That's basically it. Which is Hasn't he played like it? Yeah, but he's played like the worst of the entire NFL. But, I mean, at a certain point, I when just, do we I call it what it is? I can't start Finley over him. Although I think, although I think that the Bengals are going to win this week. The guy's got twelve picks. You hear what I said? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I, I was just, I'm still, I'm still reading the pick. Go ahead, say it again. I'm I think sorry. the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens. No, that I, I understand where you're thinking all the trap letdown game. I love the Bengals. This no, week. no. Then why? <laughs> so you would start Finley over Mayfield? No, I couldn't do that in fantasy. But in this betting perspective, I would take the Bengals. No, I'm, I'm not going there. I understand your logic, the trap game logic. It ain't happening. The Bengals are that bad. And okay. uh, I just can't roll a guy out there with 12 picks, more picks than touchdowns. No, he's, it's, it's, it's a fair assessment on your part, without question. Coming up next, we will take a quick timeout and come back, find out if the wrong team is favored in the NFL. Look away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia as we head toward the Fantasy Weekend. And Thursday night, we'll have a full breakdown of that coming up in the second hour of the show. So if you're listening on demand, you can just hit that fast forward if you want to hear who's going to uh, lose in the game tonight. Just go against who we have, which is the Thursday night game in the NFL. We'll give you that. Raiders and Chargers coming up in less than an hour from now. Uh, and and also, by the way, they don't really that game doesn't really fit into the wrong team favorite because this line is like a pick or a minus one. So not really having a strong opinion in this segment for that. But there are a number of games where the spread is five or less. We'll stick to that. We'll also jump in on Alabama LSU at the end of this segment. But let's start off with the wrong team being favored. Uh, an absolute bloodbath for us on this segment last week. We'll see if we can do better this week. Browns against the Bills. The Browns are minus three. It feels like the world is going to be on Buffalo this week. It feels like the world is going to be on Buffalo, which makes me very nervous because I can't see how you could possibly back the Browns in any scenario. But Vegas, are the, they're the smartest guys around. But let's do it. Is the wrong team favored, Joe? Cleveland minus three against Buffalo. Yeah, I, I think the wrong team is favored here with Cleveland. I do. I, I just look, the Bills are not a perfect football team. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, I mean, the Browns are starting to just absolutely just just implode on themselves. And I don't see how you can look at what Baker Mayfield hasn't done this year and all of a sudden think that all of a sudden it just flips the switch and it gets right right away. Now anything's possible. You know, maybe he's gotten so mad that he just, you know, going in there and he's got to take it out in the world. You know what? I kind of thought that last week, how'd that work out? Not well it was another L for this team. I just don't see how the Browns can be favored in any game right now, unless they're playing the Bengals. That's the only team right now that I feel like, yep. Yeah, okay. They could beat them. Everybody else. I think it's fair game right now. And the bills are a good football team 
they have holes, but defensively, especially in the secondary where they excel, I'm just really, really concerned there that Baker Mayfield's in for a very long day here. I think he's going to add two more picks to that resume. And I just don't know if that's going to allow them to win when all is said and done. So do you think that the wrong team is favored here? It's this, it's this, this is the scariest line of the week for me. This is, this is the line that everything in your head tells you to take um, Buffalo. Like every nothing says to take Cleveland. And that's when it usually goes the other way. So, man, I, I mean, I, I do believe that the Bills will, will cover and they should win, but it would not shock me to sit back here on Monday and go, what in the world happened? Cleveland showed up. They beat Buffalo. Like, there's a reason why the line is three. You know, like, I would feel so much better about taking Buffalo if it was even. Well, but if you then- believe that the Bills could win, you believe that the Bills could cover, it gives you two shots and two reasons to take them. Yeah, but that's I read lines more than I read teams, you know, and the line is saying that Cleveland's going to win the game or they wouldn't have. They they are asking you to take Buffalo in this spot and take the points. That's what they're asking you to do. And usually that is the wrong side, but we'll see. Uh, Giants minus two and a half at the Jets. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, clearly the Jets are a complete mess. Uh, look, last week was the must-win game. You got to beat the Dolphins if you're the Jets or you suck, and they didn't. This week, it's that same narrative being played. You got to beat your team in this, in you know, in your home stadium or you suck. But I just had no faith in Adam Gase, and so well, it is their home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I can't. This is one of those games where, again, another suck-in game. Everyone's begging you to take the Giants, but I probably would. I, I, I couldn't. I would take the Giants, too. I do not think the wrong team is favored here at all. I saw a Giants team go out there and compete against the Cowboys, and maybe the Cowboys just don't like the Meadowlands. Maybe maybe it's just not their favorite place to play football. I don't know. They they were in a barn burner last year with the Giants, if you recall. You remember yeah, towards the end yeah, of the year? Yeah. Where the Giants, out of nowhere, you're like, oh, my God, it was like 33-31, I think that game finished, or something wacky at the very end. Prescott pulled a rabbit out of his hat. Uh, not a cat, but a rabbit. Uh, and I just, I look at the Jets right now as just such an enormous mess. And I don't know, you know, this game means a lot more than people realize in, in this area. I know people are like, oh, it's national. Who cares? It's Jets, Giants. But around here, people do care. No matter what the records are, when they meet in the regular season, they care. And I do believe that the Giants fans will come out and force in this game, even though it's a, quote, Jet home game, which means they're going to have a lot of the tickets. There's a lot of Jet fans that don't want to see this. I tell you right now, there's a lot of tickets on StubHub for this game. I think the Giants win this game. And I guess my question to you is, it's not so much like, is Adam Gase gone at the end of the year? It's, is Adam Gase get to coach the rest of the season? I guess so. I mean, you they lost to Miami. And I have two words for you. Greg Williams. What happened last year with the Browns? Boom, Greg Williams came in, started kicking ass, and what be. happened? They started winning games. Could be. Uh, look, I mean, if it if it doesn't happen, if it didn't happen, happen after last week, and they lose this week and it doesn't happen, then clearly they're going to do it at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, Buccaneers versus the Cardinals. The Bucs are minus four and a half in this game. Cardinals played very well last week at San Francisco. Buccaneers can score on anyone, but can't stop anybody. Is the wrong team favorite in this game? Are the Buccaneers the favorite in this one? Minus four I and a sh- half at home. You know, I struggle with this one. I really do. Because I know the Cardinals made it close there at the end, but not really. I mean, the, the 49ers basically had that game in hand. But the Buccaneers did play a bit better last week out of the bye. So they were starting to look a little better. But you never know week to week how it's going to match up. My problem is I also saw what 
you know, the, the, the Cardinals lacked in terms of being able to guard somebody in the slot. And that's a long day for them with Chris Godwin because Godwin's going to run a muck all over them because Peterson's going to have to go back to the outside. He's not going to guard the slot guy like he did last week against Sanders. He's going to have to go out there against Mike Evans. But even so, I think that's a good matchup for Evans the way Peterson's played so far. So I actually think just from a firepower standpoint that the Bucks are just going to outscore them. So I, I just that I'm going to say the wrong team is not. I know I'm, you know, I know I kind of going with the favorites here for the first for the last two, but still, I, I just I feel like the Bucks are the team here to beat. Okay, uh, I How about will, you. Or, yeah. uh, I'll take if the I felt better. I'll, about- I'll take the Cardinals because I just I, I think the number is too high. Uh, I think the right team is favored, but I don't think Tampa Bay wins by four and a half. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Another one that makes no sense here. Bears minus two and a half against the Lions. I mean, you're getting points with the Lions. You kidding me? The Lions have played much better than the Bears have all season long. But again, Joe, the Bears are favored. It's telling you something here. And it's like arbitrarily, you everyone will just look to the Lions and take the Lions. It feels like that's the right pick. It feels like the Lions should go into Chicago and beat a hapless Bears team. But that's not how the NFL works. It's a flip of the coin on this one. Is the wrong team favorite here? Bears minus two and a half against Detroit. What worries me here is the Bears, if they choose to, can run the football. They have to choose to do it. What worries me is what if they make a quarterback change in this game and Chase Daniels impacts it? That's a great point. Second half point. Yep. And I think those two things really make me lean towards even though it's very tempting to take the lion side of this, I will stick with the bear side of this. I think the right team is favored because I think there's more variables that go their way. And what we saw last week was the lions basically should have won that football game. At the end of the day, what hurt them was their inability and one dimensionalness of their offense, which made them very easy to guard. And the one thing you could do against the bears, like you said earlier is run. They can't run the football period right now. I think the Bears do kind of sneak away with a victory here. Yeah, this this could be a, a a dual play if you're betting. You may take the Lions plus one for the first half and the Bears for no. the game. Interesting. Because, because yeah, I, I think that that is a definitive possibility. You think that if, if uh, Chicago's down 10-3 at the half, they're rolling Trubisky out for the second half? I don't think there's any I don't think so either, half. dude. Yeah, I don't. So. I think this is this is a big... Big moment here, and and I think, like I said, there's too many variables that could go the Bears' way that I'm going to take that side and the variables there. Yeah, it's a good game to stay away, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Rams, Rams minus three and a half at the Steelers. The Rams have have dominated the bad teams and looked horrible against the good teams. They're coming off a of bye week, so I mean, the, arguably the most talented fantasy back over the last five years in fantasy has an, had an extra week, and Gurley maybe that will be, help him as his career, I think, is coming to an end. But Pittsburgh seems to be in a lot of close games. Uh, I mean, I don't think they'll blow anybody out, but they they closed out Miami. They closed out Indianapolis. Will they close out the Rams? The Steelers are starting to find an identity, and it's an identity they haven't had since probably the Troy Palomalu era, which is defense. It's Watt. It's Bush. It's those guys playing D. And you know what? I like the Steelers in this one. I, I do. do. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they can win the football game, I'll take the Steelers side of this. Uh, I, I, the Rams right now, I'm tired of the girling narratives. I'm tired of, oh, you male second half are always going to come out of the break or, oh, or the bye or always going to be able to have this matchup. No, no, it just never happens. It's not happening anymore. I, I rode this train as long as I could. I tried to support as long as I could. At a certain point, you have to get off the train and say, you know what? 
there's no destination that I like with this train and no. you got to get off of it. And I think with the Steelers right now, there's not a whole lot of logic because you say offensively, there's no way these teams match up on paper because they absolutely don't. Yeah. But the Steelers play defense. It's a great home field advantage. Tough place to kick to. Not that mm-hmm. Greg yeah. leg isn't the great. Kicker, the kicker for Pittsburgh's having a good year. He has, but he's used to the environment. So I'll get the Steelers. Yeah, I, I can't back the Rams on the road laying points. I can't do it. Um, this is one where I where I feel that the the right team is favored. Uh, Dallas minus three against Minnesota. Uh, Joe, this is one of those spots where I feel like a lot of people are going to take the Vikings. And then I remember Kirk Cousins at night <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like down to the end of the game. What am I going to get here? Uh, I would love to take Minnesota in this spot. I just can't do it. I will agree with you. Uh, I would love to take Minnesota in this spot. Not having Adam Thielen really hurts in this game for me too, because I think that's and it's just one of those weapons where it's the safety blanket really, where Thielen, especially you know for for uh, cousins with good teams, I feel like Thielen's the guy that he always looks to in those scenarios. And the Cowboys right now, I start starting to feel it a little bit. That was a good win for them last week on the road. Say what you will about the Giants, I don't care. It's a good win for them. Important win. Keep winning those games in your division. That matters. And I think for this one here, it's going to be a tough L for the Vikings to swallow because they were starting to really trend upward. And now there's going to be two losses in a row again. And it's looking like a real roller coaster season for them, which is unfortunate. But I'll yeah. take the Cowboys, too. I, I just think late in the game, in a close game, I want Prescott and, and not Cousins. I agree. Uh, you, want, you want to take a stab here at Alabama LSU? Lined up up at six and a half. Alabama's minus five and a half now. John Lobb's going to join us later. We'll talk about this. but. Uh, uh, look, it's, it's the game of the year in all of football, pro and college, without question. It's a high total here, Joe. Um, I mean, my opinion on this one is that the world is taking LSU, so I'm going to have to take Alabama minus five. I don't want to do it. I hate to do it. I, I want LSU. Yeah, I'm shocked. I can't shocked. do it. And too many people are taking LSU. Can't do it. I'm going to take Alabama. Okay. Well, that's fair. I'll I'll be one of those many people then. Because yeah, I hope I, so. I, I, I want LSU. Yeah, I want LSU to win. I mean, but the, the total is telling you that that I don't know that the line's going to be a factor in this one. I think either LSU wins the game or Alabama crushes them. I, I don't think the point spread factors in. Mm, fair it's enough. College, college is a little different, obviously. The pro you're never going to have a pro game where the total is 65. It's just it's actually I take it back. Last year it was 60. The total between the Chiefs and the Rams, but no, in general you're never going to have that. All right, uh, that'll do it for our first hour. We got the best of coming up next. We'll dive into hour number two coming up in less than five minutes from now. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Don't go away. Our best of the first hour. And then we dive more into this Alabama LSU matchup as well as Penn State, Minnesota with the gridiron scholar John Lobb. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Tevin Coleman takes on the Seahawks on Monday night. Coleman had a monster game two weeks ago and then completely fell back this past week against Arizona. The question is, what does he do on Monday night? Trust or bust Tevin Coleman? This is an interesting one because the Tevin Coleman one, like you said, I, I was very taken with Brita on Thursday last week. I really was. I had to tell you, I'm like, it's like a love story now with me and Matt Brita. I'm very impressed. And I understand the frustration here with owners who saw him go, you know, from 11 carries 105 to 12 carries 23. It's a big, big gap. I have not been overly impressed with the Seattle Seahawks defense. And I, I think you would agree with this fact. Yes. I, I don't like them at all. Okay, so I'm going to chalk up what I saw last week of him being very busy the week before and a short week and just kind of chalk it up. He's had some extra time to rest, a little extra time to kind of refuel a little bit. I think that's fine. I think you go out there, you trust him, you trust the volume, you trust the workload. And I think that you are, look, your identity right now in offense is running the football. I know Emmanuel Sanders had a great game and all, but I don't know if you want to put this game in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo quite yet. I think the best way to win this football game is to ground and pound and play defense keep Russell Wilson off the field and you do it with Tevin Coleman and Brita. That's what you do. So I'm going to say trust here too. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY radio, Craig Mish fantasy sports today.